This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got Jack, we got you for a three hour ride on this Deal Breakers Thursday with open phone lines for you. 312. 332 ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And Cap, at the end of the show, it pays to listen to all three hours of Cap and J-Hood, if you can, on the ESPN Chicago app or live here on ESPN 1000, because at the end of the show, we had a show bet. It's one thing to be able to entertain and inform, but it's also good to be able to put money in the pockets of Cap and J-Hood Nation, and we did that yesterday. Snorlin gets all the credit, man. He came in and said, hey, show bet. We're playing the 0-26 Detroit Mercy Titans. And 0-26. 0-26. I'm not playing that. I go, I'm not betting on them. Take that. He's like, they're laying five and a half. They're favored at 0-26 because they're playing the equally, in fact, more awful I-U-P-U-I Jaguars. Really putting the P-U in that name yeah. last night, yeah. too. Ooey Pooey Pooey was 2-24 two, uh, two or something? 6-20. and 20. Oh, yeah. sorry. 6-20. and 20. In the bottom of the horizon with Detroit. And we bet it. So I bet a crisp $110 to win $100. hmm Figuring if I win that, I got an idea what I'm going to do with the $100 of profit. Eighty-one sixty-six later, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I then took the hundred. I have fifty on the bear at forty to one to win the Super Bowl, and fifty on the bear at sixteen to one to win the NFC title. Take wow. that. All right. So, which way you want to? Uh, let me just finish the thought about Detroit Mercy. Then, okay. So, first of all, for someone that spent a lot of time in the Horizon League, the UIC Flames now are in the, um, the Missouri Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, spent a lot of time at Detroit Mercy doing road games. and um, Callahan Hall, baby. Sparse crowd, baby. Uh, yes. and so not many people there. There was a time Detroit Boy was so difficult to play. My God, they used to be a really tough team, a tough out when it came to the Rising League. But under Mike Davis, the head coach, the former uh, Indiana product many, many years ago, he's been with that team for a long time, Cap. And he's going through it tough. And it was in a lot of different places. Click on Detroit, a couple other places that said that this would be the best opportunity for Detroit Mercy to be able to win a, a basketball game. If they're going to win one, it'll be this one against Ui Pui. And they went going away, won that game. An easy bet. It was comfortable. If you, if you rode with us at the end of this show, you know that that was a nice, comfortable bet and money in your pocket. So congratulations to Shea for pointing that out yesterday. Yes, he gets all the credit. And then I wasn't watching the game. I'm like, I'm not watching this game. And I get a text from Snorling, our group text. 
and it says, Detroit is shooting the lights out. Isn't that what you texted, yeah, Shay? that's exactly what he did. And I went, oh, let me grab the score app here. Hang on a minute. Oh, you know that blue like uh, app with the yellow S? Mm-hmm. I go right there. Bam, college basketball. There we go. Oh, we're thumping them. Looking good. Eighty-one sixty-six. And the funny part about this is, if you, you, I mean, it's all over social media. Look at the end of the game. That awesome court storming from the fans <laughs> out there at Detroit Mercy. <laughs> One, One guy. guy. <laughs> ah! One guy but runs they won out the there. Title. I mean, there's no security there. I mean, if it is, they have already they're already dead. Okay, yeah, from, yeah. from the Vitalia. So there's no security in there. There's one guy. It's just so funny. I believe the show does sports there as well. One guy runs to the court. Oh, yeah! We won. Won. A, a game. <laughs> but, he was the, but I woke up and I turned the TV on and I put uh, SportsCenter on. The first thing I see <laughs> is the highlight on the one guy walking onto the court with his arms in the air. <laughs> because you're 1 in 26. <laughs> that guy put the 1 in 1 in 26. By being the only one out there, and as the Detroit Mercy Titans win the game, outstanding. This is a great example, hoodie, of how important it is to have a pair of stones. Yeah, when you're betting some games, because two people who work at this station texted me yesterday. Mm. They heard the show bet Tyler Rocky and our guy Justin Pottinger who fills in on here occasionally. Yes, they heard the show bet, and they both texted at five fifty eight. Can't hit the button. I'm too scared. Oh, my God. That sucker was covering from 90 seconds into the game until the very end. You could have laid up in a rocking chair with a lemonade. There was no reason to sweat ever. I called my bro. I said, hey, Shea gave me a good play. Play Detroit Mercy. He said, who? I said, Detroit. He said, what's their record? 0-26. He goes, I don't bet on bad teams. I said, you bet on the Bears. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly right. So he opted out of betting the game. He just left it to the side. 81-66, Dr. Brew. Take that. It was 11-0 two minutes into the game. They were never not covering. Let's go back in time. The exciting finish of this one, Detroit Mercy. Against IUPUI. This is how it sounded on ESPN. Team without a win in the nation. Marcus Tankersley dribbles it out. And that one is for you, 24. 81 to 66. Your final score here today. There you go. off the buzzer. It sounds like a high school <laughs> swim meet. <laughs> There's six people in there. You can hear the echo off every individual seat. The voice of the Detroit Mercy Titans did a horrible job there. Oh, was, oh, a horrible oh. job. And I know he's new. I know that's his, like, I think it's his third year. Horrible. And here's why. Now, this guy's trying to, he's using Detroit Mercy to get a better job at some point in time. I'm thinking you're in the Horizon League. That's not bad. I was in the Horizon League. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's not bad. Mm-hmm. But to, to call it like you've won 20 games this year, like it's a fait accompli, is nonsense. I would have been jumping out of the booth with the first win of the season. Are you kidding me? Titans win! Titans win! Titans win! The old Howard Cosell, you say it three times. 
Correct. I mean, Cap, are you kidding me? Jack, you know what? Don't worry about me, the old grizzled veteran. Jack. Jack. In that scenario, Mizzou guy, broadcasting professional. Jack, first win of the season, and it's February 14th. How are you calling that? Aren't you doing a better job? Do a critique. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. Give me my thoughts. Well, first off, that might happen for Mizzou. They haven't won a conference game yet this year. (laughs) It's been been just as bad over there. But, no, you have to be jumping out. I'm giving a do you believe in miracles at that one. Mm -hmm. You see that? Do you believe in miracles? Our long national nightmare is over. Yes. Titans win. I mean, horrible job by this guy. Team without a win in the nation. Marcus Tankersley dribbles it out, and that one is for you, 24. Who's 24? 81 to 66. Your final score here today. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible call. I would have called him in as his, if I was his Danny Zetterman. Yes. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Just said, uh, <laughs> a broadcaster du jour. Vanilla broadcaster of the day. We got to have a talk here. Are you kidding me? You haven't won in 26 straight, and that's the best you got for me. Horrendous. Horrendous. Cap, you, longtime broadcaster, would have been yell- would have been jumping on the table. Can I you- would have been screaming, take that. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you take would- that. <laughs> I mean, you would have been all over it, man. Titans win. 81 66. Take that. Oh, by the way, shout out to Shay Norling and the crew down in Chicago for betting. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Shay Norling in Chicago knew that we we're going to win. He took the five and a half. Oh, sorry. Can't, can't say that. We were big news today in Chicago. <laughs> Here, take a listen to this. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You don't assume just like it's not just a walk in the park. You've lost your ass the entire season. And the time runs down, and 8166, your final postgame show next on the Titan Network. No, absolutely not. Jack, write that down. Never call it like that, for God's sakes. Holy cow. Emotion, passion. Horrendous. Horrendous. So that means, Shay, that you're going to have to hunt and peck if there's something else that's out there for our listeners. Because when I was at um, Bradley yesterday, because I came back from Peoria, uh, a bad loss for UIC. We didn't didn't fare well there. Again, now 0-7 in Carver Arena. Um, kids tried hard, especially in the second half. They just couldn't pull the nose up and, and get it done and, to uh, win the ball game. We, I had four listeners of ours in Peoria, and they came up to me and said, Detroit Titans, huh? And they're, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on in the game. All I saw is the text while I was doing the play-by-play from Shea saying that, hey, they're shooting the lights out. I said, okay, maybe Detroit Mercy's going to – because I'm focused on our game. I didn't even know the score. And then fans are coming up to the second level. We're, we're not on the floor because it's really a hockey arena at, the, at that uh, arena, the Peoria Civic Center of Carver Arena. We're on the second level, and they're coming up to the table, giving a thumbs up. Detroit Mercy, huh? Take that, doing that. So we have four best. listeners that came up that did that. The in, best. Including uh, Ross, who you know also, from Peoria, came up. He gave us $5, by the way, for birdiesbookbank.org. Love it. So thank you, Ross, for that. Got to put that money in the coffers, but that's for Darren. Ross is the guy with the Amish beard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yes, you can say Amish beard. Yes. Yeah, yes. he has the beard with no mustache. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, that guy comes up and says hello every year when I'm down there. Yes. Yep. So it's uh, really cool that they came up and listened, and I think we put money in the pockets of people down there, too, Cap. 
love in, it. in Peoria. I love it. So that's cool. Rock and roll, baby. So congratulations, Detroit Mercy. Team without a win in the nation. Marcus Tankersley dribbles it out. And that one is for you, 24. Now, maybe you know, maybe he's just shell-shocked. That very well could be, too. But, I mean... You Who do- on earth is 24? Cap brought up a good point. Who's 24? I don't know. Bad call. I don't know. That one is for you. Who's? He doesn't have an analyst, obviously. No. Can't afford one. <laughs> Are you available? You want to go in there and do, no. the, do the color? No, I've worked in that building before. <laughs> so, so have I. You can still see, by the way, Jack, you haven't been to Detroit Mercy. It is in a, it's ensconced in a neighborhood in, in Detroit, in a neighborhood, and you can still see the, the embers and the, the smoke billowing from an ashtray that was once done by Dick Vitale. A, a cigarette that he once smoked, you can still see that, by the way. Cap's been there. The smoke billowing from a cigarette from 1975. It's built like it's 1975. You go into like a little cage where you park. Is that right, Cap? Yeah, it's correct. A little cage? Yeah, it's... uh... Oh, for God's sakes. I could. I turned my cough button on. Go ahead. Anyway, it's... uh, Harry? It's not the... um... It's the right way to put this. (laughs) Not the most... uh... Creature Comfort uh, Arena. No, it is not. It's right. It's built right there in the neighborhood. Correct. When I first, when we first rolled in there, there was a guy that was working on his Ford underneath the, his, and he he rolled out from underneath his Ford and waved at the bus. He was working on his oil, I think, and he rolled out from underneath there. So, uh, uh, right in an eclectic neighborhood, right there where Detroit Mercy is. Oh, Pretty eclectic. Cool. That's awfully generous. Yeah. See. Try to be nice. <laughs> Try to be nice. That's it. <laughs> I had friends that went to school there. I said, you better don't wander off campus. <laughs> so, and they've had some really good players in that yeah, program. Yeah. So, and, anyway. All right. right. Enough Detroit basketball. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number coming up. What should the Bears' strategy be with the ninth pick? Now, we talk so much about the number one pick and what the Bears could do at one. But what about nine? No, it's funny. We talked to Waddle about this yesterday. We want to get your thoughts on the strategy that the Bears could be able to put in place for the number nine pick for the first round of the draft. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and Jay Hood are back. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. Classic. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. It's the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us here on this Thursday. It's a Deal Breakers Thursday here on the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. We have Deal Breakers coming your way at 835 right here on the home of the Bears. So, you know, there's been so much focus, Cap, on what the Bears are going to do at one. Is it going to be Caleb Williams and will Justin Fields be around? All these question marks about one. But I did ask Waddle yesterday during our Waddle Wednesday segment, uh, every Wednesday at 830, I asked him specifically, I said, Tom, what do you want to do at nine? And I, I don't know if he was taken aback or maybe he hasn't talked a lot about it on his show with uh, Sylvie every afternoon. But he was talking about a wide receiver in that spot at nine. Now, of course, we have like three or four mock drafts right in front of us, Cap. And all the mock drafts that we have has Caleb Williams at one. But when you scroll down and go past the Giants and the Tennessee Titans and you get to the Bears at nine, I mean, it's almost universal. Many think that a Dunze, the wide receiver four uh, from Washington, uh, will be there at nine if the Bears want him. 
And I'm just thinking for whoever the quarterback is, it's about weapons. It's one thing to have DJ Moore on one side, but we, you and I both feel that Darnell Mooney will be out this season. So you've got to be able to supply whoever the quarterback is with enough talent. A Dunze could be that guy at nine. Yeah, I don't believe a Dunze will be there at nine. Everybody that I trust that I've asked believe the three top receivers will all be off the board by nine, before nine. That means you're going to have Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Potentially J.J. McCarthy, who a lot of people are saying could go top six, top seven. Uh, but that's four quarterbacks. You're going to have the three receivers. That's seven. So is Brock Bowers there? Probably. Probably sitting there. Joe Alt, the left tackle from Notre Dame, the highest rated offensive lineman. He's going to be on the board potentially when the Bears pick. So there's going to be good players. But they want a receiver. They want an A-level receiver, somebody who's as good as DJ or better. That's what they're looking for. You, know, you said that maybe the receivers would all be gone before you get to the nine pick, or the top receivers would be gone before nine. Okay, so so are you saying that Tennessee would rather go with a wide receiver than, say, Alt at offensive tackle at seven? Would you say that Atlanta needs a wide receiver, or do they need a quarterback like like uh, a hobo needs a ham sandwich. Well, I mean, again, we're talking about you say the receivers could be gone. There's a lot of other needs for some of these teams. No question about it. Atlanta has to, and they've said, Arthur Blank, the owner, just came out and said, we're going to have to figure out what we're doing at quarterback first. Mm-hmm. But is that Justin Fields? Is that drafting J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels? Is that a bold move up the draft board? I don't know where they're going to go. Because I don't think any of the top quarterbacks are there when they pick at eight. So let's take a look at it then. So we, could we agree that in the first three of this draft, which is the Bears, the Washington Commanders, and the New England Patriots, they can all go for a quarterback, one, two, three. So Williams, May, Daniels, in some order. Sure. Yeah, that absolutely could happen. Absolutely could happen. Okay, so we go to four for the Arizona Cardinals. And so they need a game changer. Marvin Harrison would be there at four. Would they take him? I think they would if they could. For for Murray, he needs somebody. Right. It sounds like they're not going to move on from Kyler Murray because the contract is so onerous. They got so much money tied up in that guy that they're not going to move on from him. So then you go with the Chargers, and they're kind of a new-look Chargers because we're talking about Jim Harbaugh. And so they need, they need corner. They need defensive line help. They need a tight end. They just need more weapons for Herbert. So is that is that Bowers? You go corner or defensive line in that spot? They might go receiver right there. Could. Now you have Rashawn Slater, who's a really good tackle. Mm-hmm. Do you take him and move him to right and draft Alt and move him to left? Do you draft Alt and put him at right, leave Slater at left? You could do a lot. You or get- do they take um, Bowers? No, Malik Neighbors. Yeah. So that so now we start going into the wide receivers, right, Cap? So now if you're the Giants, okay, you look at the Giants, and so here's a Giants team that is going to look for a quarterback at some point. Now maybe not in the first round, but they'll need a quarterback, offensive line help for protection, and a wide receiver. That could be a wide receiver there at six as well for the Giants. More, like, a, like a Neighbors. Correct. And, you know, some people have said the Bears should trade up. Unless you're moving – Justin Fields and the ninth pick to get up to get one of the three receivers, whoever that is. I don't see how you're getting one. 
depending on the board for the Titans, offensive line help and uh, help in the secondary. Wide receiver, I'm sure, is on their list, too. I don't know what their board looks like, and that feels that doesn't feel like a, a solid foundation for a team, the Titans. That sounds like a couple of steps back to move forward to me because you don't have the quarterback in place. You d- well, they think it's Will Levis. Well. And they're not drafting one. By all accounts, they, they like Will Levis, and they're going to go with him. So protect his blind side. You probably go alt if he's there at seven. Right, because they drafted Skaronsky last year. Mm-hmm. So he's playing guard. So you go get a tackle. Now you got two good young pieces on your offensive line. So now it gets a little murky because we talk about Atlanta. And, and of course, the, all the conversation is Atlanta needs a quarterback. They could trade for Justin Fields or whomever at the quarterback position. They need that yesterday. And so there's, there's a quarterback spot there. And then at nine, I'm just saying that as we break all this down, Adunze could be there at nine depending on if one of these teams that we're talking about, specifically Atlanta, if they trade down or, or tr- make a trade for a quarterback – Maybe they'd get out of that, and now Dunze could be there at nine for the Bears. So somebody I trust who works in the league, who's been a friend, said to me yesterday, would you stop thinking you're getting a first high first-round pick for Justin? He said, people in the league aren't as high on him as you guys all are in Chicago. I said, well, there's going to be multiple teams that need a quarterback. That drives the value up. We didn't say that. He's talking no, no. about not us, yeah. but the narrative, like Mel Kuyper saying you could maybe get eight. He said, no, this guy would be stunned. So let's go back. Let's, just, let's quote Adam Schefter. Schefter said he would not, he would not be surprised if the Bears got a, a first-round draft pick for Justin. Yeah, this guy said to me, unless you have multiple teams and maybe Pittsburgh goes, all right, give us your three and Justin will give you 20. He goes, could that happen? Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're not getting the eighth pick for Justin Fields. No chance. Yeah, I understand. I, yeah, I, I want to make sure that's clear that it was not said by you and I. We're, just, we're playing the sound from Mel Kuyper and from Adam Schefter saying that there's a possibility that the Bears can be able to get a first-round draft pick. The first the conversation went, could they get second-round draft capital for Justin Fields? And then Schefter said, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they can get a one. Right, and Kuy- you said Kuyper was the first yes. to say, I think they could maybe get eight. This guy, I talked to you yesterday, he said he'd be stunned. And you know what I told you about that? I told you that, uh, you know, I listened to Schefter. Not saying that I would, I'm dissing Kuiper. I'm just saying Kuiper's a draft guru, and I listen to Schefter because he's firmly entrenched with all these teams on exactly what they could want for a Justin Fields. Kuiper's a draft guru. All right, over there with the draft. Let's listen to Schefter and some of these other guys that's closer to the situation. Yeah. It's not a diss. It's just like I'm just going by what uh you know what Schefter has done so oh so it was this definitely i think i think they might get a one i think it would be limited to a certain extent but it really doesn't matter if it would be limited because if there were just a couple of teams and i think there could be then that's all it takes so you know it doesn't take something where you need 18 teams all vying for services if there are a couple and like i said i think there could be uh, then, then it becomes something that becomes relevant, and we'll see whether or not it happens. Do you believe they would get a second round pick for Justin Fields? Definitely, definitely, I, definitely. I think I think they might get a one. Really, I do. Yeah. 
who may be willing to give up that one if you had to spin the wheel and make it stop somewhere? I, well, just look at all the teams that need quarterbacks, put them all on a piece of paper. And, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you give me a team that quarterback. So you would not give the list of, uh, of teams, Cap, but I think it's pretty clear which teams would undo that. But looking at the number nine pick, though, you know, should the Bears be willing to trade up from the ninth pick to guarantee getting the wide receiver that they want? Now, that would not be... Uh, that would not be Marvin Harrison, even though I'd love for that to be, because to me, that's a sure thing. But what if it, do they, you think the Bears have to trade up to get like an Adunze? I'm, I'm not thinking they need to, but neighbors, I think they would have to. Because if I'm ranking them, it's Harrison neighbors two, Adunze three. Agreed. Uh, I'm not convinced Adunze will be there at nine. I'm not. I mean, I, we just went through the, the needs of these teams. And, again, we don't know their draft boards. Okay, Chicago's taking a quarterback, we believe. Yes. Washington's taking a quarterback, we believe. Yeah. New England's taking a quarterback, we believe. Yes. That's three That's, picks. Yes. Okay, Marvin Harrison goes at four. We believe, yes. The Chargers are five. Yes. Okay, they could absolutely take a receiver and move on from one of their veteran guys that makes a ton of money. Absolutely they could. They could. Okay, so that would probably be Malik Neighbors. The Giants openly have said we got to get receiving help. There goes Adunze. All three receivers are gone at six. Gone. Yeah, Field Yates had all three of them gone in the top seven picks yesterday. Chargers took Joe Walt, but Neighbors off at six and Adunze at seven. The Titans have also been kind of open. They're going to take a receiver. So because of that, the question is, do you think that the Bears would be willing to trade up uh, from the ninth pick to get one of these wide receivers, and I then, don't. And then what's and then what's the cost for that? The cost is prohibitive. Prohibitive. Mm-hmm. You don't have your second round pick to go from nine to what do you have to go to four, five to get a receiver? And because uh, and and because of that, now you don't turn a blind eye to Shea when he's asked several times, "Do you think the Bears should look into getting Mike Evans?" No, thank you. Because what I'm what I'm saying is is like if you can't get the a top level wide receiver mm-hmm. in this first round, you can't trade for it. You're not willing to trade for it. You're not willing to trade any capital for it. Then that means it needs to be a bookend veteran wide receiver. To me, who knows if you're getting another? T- you know, I, I don't want I don't want a 31 year old Mike Evans for stupid money. Okay, well, I don't. There's there's other there's other names out there. I'm just saying that if you if you can't get the wide receiver that you want at nine, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to acquire it. Because at least you got at least with that veteran, there's production. I think that will work along with you're, DJ Moore. You're telling me I can't find a receiver in the third round. You, can get, you do that too. You do both. Yeah, I. Other than quarterback, I have to fix my offensive line, period. I have got to get an elite center, and I would like to add an upgrade at left tackle if it's possible. I ha- That, first and foremost, I got this young quarterback, or Justin, and I can't protect him? I mean, the Green Bay game, Justin got the living H beaten out of him. Yep. Through no fault of his own, that offensive line had a horrible day. So, please... Fix the O line, Mr. Poles. No, there's no doubt about that, Cap. I'm just I'm saying that you have to be able to do multiple things here, especially when you have the Bears at these lofty goals, these lofty heights. If they're gonna make the playoffs as you think that they will, then you need to be able to have more than what you have. Like you're gonna run it back with with uh, Tyler Scott? 
Oh, he'll be back. But he's not going to be counted out as a starter. Well, that's the, my, my point is, though, and because of that, you need to be able to acquire a wide receiver. If you're not going to get one of the top guys and you've got to go up in the draft and get one, you better find one on the other side of D.J. Moore. He gets doubled in. Who, who else is there? Commit. I mean, T. Higgins is going to cost you $20 million. Yeah. You want D- Danielle, uh, Danielle Hunter? You want to keep Jalen Johnson? You can't spend 20 on everybody. You can't. So let's talk about this. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air as we ask you, should the Bears be willing to trade up from the ninth pick to guarantee getting a wide receiver? We'll take your phone calls on that. Shot or no shot at 8 o'clock. All part of the mix on a Deal Breakers Thursday on Cap'n J. Hood. Checkmate one six. suppression on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Captain J Hood on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN one thousand. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot. And it's brought to you by the fine folks over at ESPN Bet. Now live in Illinois. Sign mm. up today. New users get 100 bucks in bonus bets with any mm. sportsbook bet. Mm. We say good morning to Shea W. Norley. Bet. Good morning, boys. How are we on a Deal Breakers Thursday? I'm great. Awesome, man. I am great. Ready to go. You know, let me tell you the kind of friend I have here to my right. As I make the long drive back from Peoria, you know who calls me? Guess who called me, Shay? David Kaplan. Oh, wow. Reaches out right before he goes to bed. You could tell he was on his way. I was in bed. I could tell. I could hear it. There's a, there's a bedroom voice of Cap that people are not aware what of. What are you calling him from your pillow for? <laughs> because I'm checking on my partner. That's right. <laughs> I care about him. <laughs> there's a bedroom voice of Cap that people are not aware of. Hey, buddy. You all right? Yeah. And I knew. He's, it's, about to, it's time for a siesta. I knew. I just making sure you're all right, buddy. You take that soft, <laughs> right in the ear. Just want to make sure you're okay, buddy. Get home safe. Take that. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> a kiss of the forehead, and that was it. Off to sleep. It's my guy, man. I gotta look out for my partner. I'm all in with my partner. <laughs> so at least I got a wellness check there, Shay, to make sure I'm okay. It's good. Did you tuck you in too? Almost. Shay, call you. He, no, of course not. Exactly. <clears throat> Go ahead, Shay. <laughs> Here's Shay Norley. <laughs> All right. Well, I could see the glow coming off of Cap's face today because pitchers and catchers reported yesterday this guy thinks baseball's already back. You'd think they're taking the field this afternoon, 1 o'clock at Wrigley Field. Jed Hoyer was asked point blank yesterday if he believes he has a playoff caliber roster as spring training opens. Listen to this. I don't think we're ever going to feel you know, complete. You know, I might... 20-plus years, I've never gotten to a place where I felt like uh, you just kind of turned it over to the manager and, and like, you know, went and played golf. And that's not how this, this thing works, you know? I think that we're always going to be looking for upgrades um, both now and, and all season long, and that's what, that's that's our job. Um, yeah, I'm excited about where we are as an organization. Uh, I think that we have a lot of good young veteran players on the team. I think we have uh, a ton of young talent, and... Um, I'm probably more excited for the spring than most springs is because we have so much young talent in camp. And that's what's really you know fun in this job is watching those guys play, watching those guys develop. You know, young players, young talent, that's that's where the game is right now. That's the currency of, of baseball. And um, 
know, that's the part of our, the organization that gives me the uh, the most confidence, and I'm, I'm excited to watch those guys every day this spring. Again, the question was, do you have a playoff-caliber roster? And like, it. like Neo in the Matrix. Boy, did he get out of the way of those bullets. Uh, shot or no shot? Well, who, who, wait, who in the what? Neo in the Matrix. Who's that? He's a character in the Matrix, the movie. I didn't see it. Okay, go ahead. It's like a zeitgeist cultural moment. Even if you didn't see it, you've seen the clips. He he's I, in the subway. He's moving his arms around. They can't hit him. Shay, no he, idea. Shay, he doesn't even know what zeitgeist is. Go ahead. You're pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> shot or no shot? Well, Jed Oyer didn't explicitly say it. That answer is a no. Uh, no, that's a no shot because I've talked to him. He does believe that they could get to the postseason. He does, and they came one game from getting there last year. I still think they have another move coming. I think that's Cody Bellinger, but we'll see. Yeah, no, that's a no shot, but it's still embarrassing that we're going on the field for the first time today, and the biggest acquisition is our manager, and I still got Master Madrigal over there at third base. It's very good. Good mashup there. Very good. <laughs> that's what you have over at third base, the combination platter of those two. The question is, Shay, the question is? Uh, shot or no shot, well, he didn't explicitly say it. The answer to do you have a playoff caliber roster is a no. Yeah, that, that's a, I mean... He does not have one. Now, he'll say whatever he has to say to get through that press conference, but absolutely not. Yeah, he talks about upgrades, sure. But, you know, here's the thing that I'm mad at, like, Arturis Karnaschovas or the Sox are not going to say it because how could they say it? But just, you know, when you're asked, are you shooting for the championship? Are you shooting for your goal to be the best in your sport? There's always this side side eye, this this go around with the answer. Cap, what, the, what a fan that is working the nine to five, the fan that has a financial and emotional investment in the team, the fan that just goes to the games and just says, hey, is my team going to win this year? They don't have time to go deep, do a deep dive in the machinations of, you know, this, this draft pick or this young player. They just want to know, is my team going to win? Is it worth for me and my family or me and my friends to go out to the ballpark to see this team? Is it going to be good enough or is it middling? If it's middling, I'll stay home. So, so, I mean, he can't say as a championship team because he doesn't have a championship roster. He does not. And, and, and again, he's one of the haves. And so that's why it should not be appealing to you because you're part of that evil empire. You're not the Dodgers, but you're right there in the same conversation. So, I mean, that's not right. That's not good enough. I'm looking at this depth chart in front of me. That's not good enough. Agreed. I'm furious about it. But... That answer to me was tampering expectations. That was, I didn't want this fan base to be thinking that I expect a playoff berth. That is, that is but, a shot. But, but, Shay, they were one game from a playoff berth last year. One. I'm not saying it's acceptable. I'm saying what I read the answer as. You know that's not good enough what you just said it also. Just being one, one away. I, I agreed. Yeah. 100%. But I don't think they've regressed where they don't have a playoff roster. You know what's worse they than, can get there. You know what's worse than regression? Standing still. That's what the Chicago Cubs have done. They've stood still. I know that there's name, names out there. They're waiting on Bellinger. But that should not be the, the whole thing that we're talking about with the Cubs. We're waiting on Bellinger? Bellinger? <laughs> hey, come I mean, on, pretty man. Pretty good player. That's fine. But, I mean, that's not the elixir to be able to get you to further just, than just get to the first round. It should be more than that. More players that can get you further than that. I don't know. Shay. 
All right, Kevin Warren spoke once again about the Bears deciding to build a stadium in the city of Chicago or Arlington Heights with Jarrett Payton. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at, you know, until we are able, and I hope it comes here in the uh, kind of the next months, you know, here. It has to be this year sooner than later that we're able to say uh, this is where we want to do the best we can to build. There's still some options. Um, but, you know, one good thing about Chicago, there's not a lot of options. There's a handful of them. We're still kind of running those to the ground. But um, if we're fortunate enough, if we're able, um, you know, to stay in Chicago, I would just say, you know, we need to make sure that it's, it's close to the lakefront because I think that's what brings it all together. I always think about, you know, those money shots, of Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, hosting the Super Bowl. You know, I visualize the day that we win a Super Bowl in our stadium in Chicago. But having that view of the lake, of downtown, you know, of that beautiful city, uh, I think we, we deserve to, to see and explore if that's a possibility. Where is he at, Gina Giorgetti's? <laughs> Where is he, Cap? You, could you hear that Sinatra going through the back? Did you notice that? It's like Gina Giorgetti. That's a great one. I got to make a call. Hold on. Hello. You can hear his kids still. Hello. You can still hear the music in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at dinner. Take my hand. <laughs> you can still hear it. Like, Fly me <laughs> to the moon. Yeah. I'll call you when I'm out of dinner. Take that. All right. All right, bye. That's what it sounded like. It did? Like the doors are closed at the, in the main room of some restaurant. Very good. So, what do you think? Well, he spoke very affectionately there about the city of Chicago and about the quote-unquote money shot over the lake of a stadium hosting a Super Bowl, hosting a primetime game. Shot or no shot, this is no longer a smokescreen. The lakefront has actually become the favorite for the Bears' new stadium. That's a no shot. It's nice for him to say, but again, he's political. He's just playing both sides right there. And by the way, <laughs> Shay, just like when Rutgers got to the Big Ten and and they and ESPN made it seem like that they're in New York, even though they're in Piscataway, New Jersey, they still showed the the skyline of New York City, if you recall this. Do you remember this, Cap, when Rutgers football was on a big stage? They said, oh, here we are, New York. You're in Piscataway, New Jersey. Correct. You're nowhere near it. When, if the Bears play in Arlington Heights, what do you think Thursday Night Football and Monday Night Football is going to do? They're still going to show beauty shots of Chicago. Exactly. So I don't know what he's talking about there. You, you think they're going to just show the, the malls of Arlington Heights? They're not doing that. They're going to still show Chicago. That's Woodfield. Yeah, yeah, no, right. that's not what's going to happen. So, no, no, it's a, it's a nice conversation, Cap, but as you've been saying all along, and I agree with you, Arlington Heights is still in play, big time. They are still in play. I'm not telling you they're getting it, but they're still in play. Now, the Bears did lose their appeal. The Cook County uh, Board of Review informed them yesterday to leave the property's value of $192 million, which would roughly quintuple the tax bill. They want four times what Arlington Racetrack, which was running a business, was paying. And the Bears are saying, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm. When we build the stadium, different story. Yes. There's no revenue there right now. It's empty land. And again, we should be able to accentuate the point. If the Bears built on the south lot, how much does the park district have to do with that? Well, I heard Black and Abdallah talking about this the other day. What does building a nicer stadium, granted, what does that do for all the other issues that people complain about? 
how long it takes to get in and out of the area, the yeah. lack of parking, and you're not having Ricketsville like you have up at Wrigley, Wrigleyville. You're not. Mm-hmm. Not to the degree you could do in Arlington Heights where you've got, how many acres did they buy there? It was 100. They paid 100 and, oh, it's 326 acres. Mm-hmm. They paid $197.2 million. I still think it's in play. We'll see. Uh, the park district has to, still something to do with it, though, if they built in the south lot, right? I would think. So that's the problem. You're trying to get away from that issue. Correct? I mean, if you're moving away, it's your stadium. You don't have to worry about the columns. You don't have to worry about the aesthetics of the of the building. It's yours if you're on tonight. You're telling me maybe the worst state in the United States for politics, this state, getting things done. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, yep. I don't care. Yep. We can't get stuff done here now. You're going to get this $2.5 billion stadium built with no hiccups in this town? Stop. You can. Just don't ask me for any money. Right. Yeah, build it. I don't, it's fine with me. We need more police officers. We need to take care of our teachers better. We need a lot done in this city. You want, you want the city to pay for a stadium? No shot. All right, Shay, what else is uh, going on here on WVON? Oh. All right, I just want to get to this. Wow. We didn't get to this uh, yesterday. For Kyle Shanahan, narrative continues to grow. He cannot win the biggest games as a head coach. The highlights include three blown leads in Super Bowls and multiple NFC title game losses. But Shanahan rejects that narrative. Listen to this. I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fix perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. We've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. But it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough losing to Kansas City. But to think that if if we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. That's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure, uh, it comes down to one game. And I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. Shot or no shot, Shanahan does not actually have a big game problem. Look, he's a brilliant football coach, but if I was his owner, we'd be having a really deep discussion. How the hell did you not know the rules? That would infuriate me. As the owner, Andy Reid has been practicing since training camp, his players said, the new overtime rules. Kyle Shanahan didn't even know him. Kyle Juszczyk is standing on the field. You have the audio. We're going to play it, where he said... So if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball back? I didn't know that. How do you not know that in the Super Bowl? You went to Harvard. Well, it's a shot that he has a hard time winning uh, big games. But here's how you answer that question, Cap. It's very short. So the question is, do you ha- do the Niners have a hard time winning big games? Um, we have not won the big game just as of yet. We Yes, we have won big games, but ultimately it's on me. We have not been able to get to the Super Bowl and win it. But we're working on that every single year. We're going to go and work as hard as we can next year to get there. But to give the bona fides of everything that the 49ers have done, that's a bad look. 
We don't need your LinkedIn resume of what you've done as a head coach or the 49ers coach. We don't need that. What you have to say is we failed to be able to get to reach our goal of winning the Super Bowl. We're going to work on that this upcoming offseason. That's all it is. And like it's, it starts with me. However you want to start that sentence, it starts with me as a head coach. But we as a team are destined or trying to get to the Super Bowl and win it. But this whole thing of this like narrative and throwing these other terms out, you know, going back at the media. Hey, man, you failed in the biggest stage again. Your team failed in the biggest stage. So my point is, is that it's it's not a long answer. It's, it should have been shorter than fifty six seconds. Hey, man, we're trying to get to the Super Bowl and win it next year. Bottom line, that's it. But this whole thing, it sounds like you're pointing the finger instead of the thumb in that spot. Correct. You probably should point the thumb some. Yeah, your team shrank in the biggest moments, but so did you because you didn't even know the overtime rules, or at least you didn't explain it to the team. Correct. So that's on you as well as head coach, as a leader of men. He did not know the rules. All right, coming up next, Cap, we got around the NFL. Off-season bowl predictions continued. Another yellow pad sheet. All right, let's get it ready. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Cap and Jay Hood are back. We're putting the band back together. The nerve center of a great rhythm and blues band. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? It's time to go around the National Football League right here on Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. And around the NFL is brought to you by... That would be no one. Get busy upstairs. Here's Shane North. I like the Sharon Moore edition there at the end of Around the NFL. I just <laughs> yeah. shout that out. That was nice. You know, we haven't talked about this, and it, it's not in my offseason overreactions, but Sharon Moore led me to Jim Harbaugh, which led me to Mark Trestman back in the NFL. How about oh. that? Joining Jim Harbaugh's coaching staff in the Los Angeles Chargers, former Bears head coach Mark Trestman. That's just the worst. Hoodie, I told Cap this morning, I'd love your input on this. Yes. This old Jim Harbaugh, like, I know everybody's sold. This is going to be fantastic. Everywhere he's gone, he's won. I'm a little more skeptical, and the Mark Tressman hire added to it because that really feels like a hire you make if you haven't been in the league since 2013. Oh, my God. You know, for a head coach, he was a fine columnist on the 33rd team. Look, right? He was he was writing for the, the 33rd team. He's a really nice man. Yeah. He's supposed to be highly, like, intelligent, like... Put him in the lab with the X's and O's. Can't command a room. And been out of the league for a while. I mean, I just, you know, that's just bringing the, the old boys back together. What does Mark Trustman bring to a 2024 offense? Really? Absolutely not. I, I, it's, it's ridiculous, actually. But you know what? It's a cast of weirdos that Harbaugh would normally have. Guys that he knows. You know what? Mark had a good offensive mind in the CFL once upon a time, many, many years ago. Put him on my staff. Why? But he isn't a coordinator. He's just a senior offensive assistant. Whatever. I don't want him in my building. Sorry. Here's Shay Norling. Wow. All right. I want to continue my off-season overreactions from yet or overreactions, bold predictions from uh, yesterday. I have a lot that I didn't get to. I'm going to start with this. Khalil Mack 
will make a return to the NFC North. The Chargers cannot afford him. They have to fix their cap sheet. He's a good, still productive player. Had a bunch of sacks last year, even after a very slow start. I think he had zero through six weeks. And then that big six-sack game against the Raiders. Uh, I think the Lions could be in the market for him. They need a bookend for Aiden Hutchinson. And I think your Chicago Bears could be in the market for him, needing a bookend for Montez Sweat. Yeah, he had 17 sacks this year, right? Yes. And and when is Khalil Mack um, effective? The most. When he's healthy. Yeah. (laughs) When he's healthy. That's when he's effective the most. And how often would that be, Cap? How many more years does he have left on his deal, first of all? One more year. Is that all? Yep. Ooh, I'd be definitely interested. Definitely. Now, hold on a second. We can't do that when you talk about veteran players, when you say, you know, I'd rather have a, the young assets to the veteran players. If, do you feel like the Bears are close? I do. That's the only reason why that you do that. It's like, all right, we just need that seasoning, and then here we go. He's going to put well, him over the there's top. There's a big difference, though. You're going to give up, I think, more to get Kittle than you would to get Mac. A, you got two years owed to Kittle versus, you said one to Mac. I one. haven't looked at his contract. One. Um, he's 32, just turned 32, and you could get him for basically nothing. Yeah. They just want the money moved. It's a one-year $38 million cap hit. You have to be willing to take on some money. I don't know if the Bears are in position where they want to do that. The Lions definitely can and should because they need that bookend pass rusher. That's fine. But for the Bear, no. And the Chargers get, what's the math on this, $23 million in savings by moving him? Correct. Mm-hmm. That's a no for me from the Bear standpoint. You're not close enough to do that. No. Well, if you took him and he would restructure. How much? I mean, significantly. Because he's otherwise he's going to get released. Mm. Guaranteed money left on his deal. Uh, he has no guaranteed money left, I don't believe. So it's a no for me. But for the Lions, that only enhances what they already have, which would be amazing. Amazing. All right, Shane. Yeah. Uh, all right, the Jets yeah. are going to make a trade for Devontae Adams. Repartner up Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay teammate. And you have the New York Packers. You know what? Makes sense now. I know that was a conversation last offseason, you know, because Devontae Adams not happy with the, the Raiders at the time. Well, you know what? I think it makes more sense now. Not a healthy Rodgers. That same optimism that people – and it, I, I find it interesting, by the way, not a lot of conversation about the Jets. Now that uh, a healthy Aaron Rodgers will be under center. It, it makes more sense now than it did even last year. I can see that. That's not an overreaction. I think that that's something that the Jets should exercise. Should consider what would the cost be to get him? I don't know. I mean, if you're giving up a first round pick, probably not. I don't think he'd cost that, would he? He's got so much money owed. He's really freaking good. Yeah, man. And it makes Rodgers comfortable. He knows what he's dealing with when he has Devontae Adams. Absolutely, that works. I say yes. Anything for the Jets and Rodgers. You're trying to get over the hump, aren't you? You are. You're trying to win. Yeah. So. We'll see. It's, uh, that, I, I would yeah. have to know. If, if I can get him for a third-round pick, yeah, I'll in. Take all the money. Okay, let's go. Shay. The Vikings are going to trade Randy Moss again. 
They are in a position with their roster. They can't give a wide receiver $30 million plus guaranteed and pay a quarterback. They have to make a decision. I think one of these two guys, Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson, is gone. And I think it's easier as a general manager to stomach not doing it with a wide receiver and getting the picks back. Look at what Kansas City was able to get back in assets for Tyreek Hill. Look at what a lot of these teams have got. Think about Detroit when they traded Matthew Stafford and they used those picks to build their future. It might not make sense right now, but I think ultimately Quezzi is going to look at this, their general manager, say we can't afford to pay Justin Jefferson like that and we can jumpstart a rebuild by moving him. The bald horse racing guy? Randy Moss? That's interesting. (laughs) He's talking about their former star receiver, Randy Moss, who they had to move to rebuild many years ago. He went to New England for a fourth-round pick. Who's this now? The Randy Moss that you watch on TV on yeah. ESPN. Not the, the, the Derby, ba- right? No, He's great, man. That guy's bald, white, and he works for NBC. Huh. Different guy. That's funny. I don't see color like that. I don't know why you brought that up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, man, he's something else. I don't know why you brought that up, Cap. I thought that was a little bit out of bounds. But wow. what about Shay's answer now that you want to be able to bring uh, out the man's race? I mean, how much are they going to demand in trade? Two number ones? How much would that cost, Shay? That's the question. Yeah, I think you're getting multiple first-round picks. I don't know if it's two or three, but you, I think you'd get multiple. He's the best wide receiver in football. You think about, look again, what did Kansas City get for Tyreek Hill? It was a haul. Yep. And you think about the way some of these teams have reset by trading good players, getting back a bevy of draft picks. The Lions and Stafford's perfect example. They didn't want to move on from Stafford. They had to move on from Stafford. And it sparked a rebuild that led them to an NFC title game and has them in position where they're an NFC favorite next year. Boy, he's good. Yeah, man. Hey, man, what Shay's laying out for you is big swings. You're trying to make home runs. You don't, as a fan, you don't worry about the money as much. What if they said, give us nine and next year's number one? You doing it? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. I'm trying to win here, man. If you're afraid, buy a dog. I still understand. Why does he do this, Shay? Why does he do that? He's so concerned about the money. I'm it's not concerned about the money. I want my picks. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I've yeah, been uh, down the road with pace where I don't have number one picks. It's just, to me, I'm trying to win today. I'm trying to win the day. I don't wake up in the morning and say, I hope I can win February 15th of 2026. I'm trying to win today. That, I mean, and, and I think that more sports teams have to look at it like that. I mean, I'm a fan. What I care about is, is my team going to win yes or no? Are we in a position to win today? Unless you're just horrible and you're trying to incrementally win through the draft of free agency, fine. But if you feel like you're close, man, you take swings. You don't. You don't but do. You bi- got to take swings when they're intelligent. When yeah, it's intelligent. Yeah, no, I mean the swings are, are are calculated risks. Are they not? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm talking. They're, they're, they are educated. But but these are these are swings you have to take so, risk. So and there there are people there are people in big buildings in downtown Chicago that take big swings every day on in business because gr- they have to. But guess what? They don't have a salary cap where they go. I got to pay that guy how much? The biggest contract ever 
for a wide receiver. I'm giving up number nine. I'm giving up next year's number one. Oh, I wanted to sign that guy to play defense. Sorry, you don't have any more money left. But the people in those big buildings also have budgets. They don't have men have salary caps, but they have budgets. They have something that is a financial restraint. If you felt one guy put you over the top, you go for it. Boy, if it precludes you from signing Jalen Johnson or getting Danell Hunter or adding to it to your center, yeah, I'm not sure I'd do it. He's a great player. And I don't know if those two get it done. Right. They may ask for more. And I, I'm kind of like, think about why the Vikings would be trading him. Like, if you go and look at what the Chiefs got out of trading Tyree Kill, it was five draft picks, one first rounder. And Tyree Kill was older than Jefferson was. One of those picks turned into Trent McDuffie, who made one of the plays of the game in the Super Bowl. And you've won two Super Bowls since. Do you want to take on the guy that that team's not willing to pay because they believe it makes it harder for them to win? Right. Kansas City said, see you, Tyreek, and they won the next two. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd do that. Isn't that right, Q? What's going on, Cass? What's going on, Jacob? All right, coming up, deal breakers. We'll get a chance to find out what Shay has up his sleeve for deal breakers. What's up, Q? Right here on Chicago's Home for Sports.